Thanks for tuning in to the Three Strands podcast. You're about to hear an episode from our Sunday morning worship service. To learn more about Three Strands, visit our website, threestrands.church. In age. It's all we're really told about them. But we know they wanted children. You're going to find that out in just a second. I'll read it to you in just a second. But they wanted children even though they couldn't have them. And anybody that's ever been in that situation, adult, married, out on your own, you're kind of like, I want kids and can't have them, you know how discouraging that can be, how stressful that can become in your life. And that was the case for them. It bothered them. It was the source of angst in their life. It was the cause of a lot of fear. You're going to see it in just a second. I'm going to show it to you. But just for now, just take my word for it for a second. They were afraid. They wouldn't have called it fear, but it bothered them so much that they prayed about it. I don't know if you ever had anything that's like so stressful in your life, so worrisome, so afraid on the horizon. You just start praying about it. And they prayed about it. They prayed about it over and over and over again. And yet still, God didn't seem to do anything. This may not seem like something you'd be afraid of. I mean, why would you be afraid of not being able to have kids? Like you might not like it, might bother you, you might want to have kids, but afraid? But it wasn't that they were afraid of not being able to have kids. The text is going to show us that. And it wasn't that they were afraid because they were very old. That's really not something to be afraid of either, right? They certainly weren't afraid because they were righteous. So you're like, well, what were they afraid of? I need to know. But they were afraid. Make no mistake about it. An angel is about to show up to them. He's going to say, fear not. So what were they afraid of? What was Zechariah afraid of? Maybe this is you. Maybe you've prayed over and over again that God would change something about your life, make you look a different way, get you a relationship you desire, get you a job you really want, take care of all your financial burdens, overcome that health problem. Maybe that's you and you feel like you're waiting and God just doesn't seem to be answering. Doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. Just seems to be content to leave you with your one problem. They really only had one problem, right? From the text, they just couldn't have kids. That was it. Everything else was good. Nobody really cares about aging and growing old with your spouse if you're righteous and you've got a family that you love and all that. But here's this one problem that shows up and God doesn't seem to be answering it for them. I don't get it. I'm righteous. I'm doing all the right things. So what were they afraid of? If they weren't afraid of not having kids and they weren't afraid because they were getting older and they weren't afraid because they were righteous, like what were they afraid of? I'm going to tell you and then we'll look at it. It might be the same thing you're afraid of. You might be hearing, I'm not even trying to have kids or you know, I'm, not even, I'm not even old enough to even want to have kids yet. Or, but, but that isn't really what they were afraid of. So what were they afraid of? Here it is and then we'll look at it together. You ready? They were afraid that the way things were right then were going to be the way things always were. They were afraid that they were stuck and it was never going to change. They would never be able to overcome this one problem. They would never be able to get unstuck. It's the fear of being stuck. See, because it doesn't matter how righteous you are or how much you love God, one problem can wreak havoc on your life, can it? It doesn't matter how godly you are, how many times you come to church, how often you read your Bible. One health problem can be all you think about. One financial struggle can be paralyzing to your life. One bad relationship can be 
all-consuming inside your head. And you can start to have this thought or this feeling, you know, this is just as good as it's ever going to be. It's never going to be any better than this. It's always just going to be like it is right now. I'm always going to be that. I'm always going to be this. We're always going to be right here in this one place. We're just going to be stuck right where we've always been, and I'm never getting out of it. It's that one problem. Let me, let me read on with you and see, let you see where this angel shows up. Verse 8. One day, Zechariah, we're going to come back to that one day because that was like the two words that like just stood out to me in this whole passage this week. But one day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. When he saw him. Stay on that for a second, okay? But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now I want to point out just a couple of things about this passage. The first thing is like, I just, in my Bible, I kind of underlined that one day phrase. And I got to that and I thought, you know, God does answer Zechariah's prayer. He does come through for him. He does change him. He does get him unstuck, right? But, but he doesn't do it when Zechariah wanted him to, right? It's like you pray for something over and over again. God doesn't seem to be answering. And I'm looking at this passage and I'm thinking, what's so special about this day? Why this day? Why did God send an angel to show up and say, you're going to have a baby. I'm going to take care of your one problem. I'm going to overcome this thing. You thought you're always going to be sick. Why this one day? What was so special about this one day? Here, here's the answer. Nothing. He wasn't doing anything different than he usually did. He was serving in the temple. He had done that many, many times before. He had already prayed this prayer over and over again. God, give me a kid. What was different about this day? Nothing was different about it. That's hard for us sometimes. It's like a one day is often like a, I don't know, one delay. One delay. And if you take one problem you've got and you add to it one delay from God, what you've got in the middle there is fear. You won't call it fear. You'll shrug it off as something different. But that's what was going on here is fear. He had a problem. God delayed he decided to just show up and do it when he wanted to. Boy, boy, if I'm just being honest, like I really dislike that about God, you know? Because I really want him to do what I want when I want it, you know? But he often doesn't do that. And, and it's been said kind of God answers our prayers in three ways. Maybe you've heard this before. A lot of times God will say yes to something you pray for. A lot of times God will say no to something you pray for. And I feel like I can deal with those two better than I can deal with the third one because sometimes God just says, like, chill. Just wait for a while. And you're like, wait? I can't wait. Don't you know how old I'm getting? I'm past the age where I can start having kids. Wait, don't you know how broke I've been? Don't you know how messed up all the other relationships are that I've been in? Don't you know how depressed and stressed and afraid I am? Wait, I can't wait. And God's like, no, 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 wait. One day I'll get to it. <laughs> like, it's almost like it's not a big deal to God. Like he's just like, ah, because he knows what's coming. 
So he's like, I'm not worried about how long it's going to take me to get you where you want to get to or where I want you to get to because I know the future and we don't. So the wait is kind of like, oh man, wait. I don't want to wait. That's what God does. He shows up one day. He solves the problem, but he does it when he wants to. And that's really what makes him God. He doesn't always respond when I want him to. I might pray and pray and pray. And God doesn't seem to answer on any of those days. Instead, he often just shows up one day. Just one day. Cracks me up. And then what's so fascinating about this passage to me is, is like it seems like the angel would show up. And, and it says that uh, uh, Zechariah sees the angel and is shaken and overwhelmed and terrified because he sees this angel. Right? And so it seems like the angel would show up and he would say, like, fear not, I'm an angel. Like, like if an angel showed up to me, I'd want him to tell me, are you an angel? Did I eat something bad last night? Like, what? I want to know what's going on. Like, I'm scared. Somebody just appeared in the room. And it seems like the angel would be like, don't be afraid, I'm an angel. Or don't be afraid, God sent me, I'm an angel to deliver a message. He doesn't say that. Instead, what he does and what's going to happen in each of these four accounts we look at in the next week is the angel's going to show up and he's going to say, fear not, and then he's going to follow it up by addressing the real fear. Not that he's in the room, not that an angel just appeared, but the real fear. And he says to Zechariah, don't be afraid. God has heard your prayer. Because huh. the real fear was that I've been praying all these years and God doesn't seem to be answering. I've been praying over and over again this same prayer, and yet I'm still stuck in this same spot. I've been praying over and over again, and yet I'm always going to be barren. No, no, no. Don't be afraid. God has heard you and is about to solve the problem. He goes right to the real fear. I love that. I never really saw that before. I thought all these angels, they're showing up to say to shepherds and Mary and Joseph and Zechariah and all these people, they're showing up to be like, don't be afraid, I got a message from God. I know you're afraid because you see me. But he doesn't even address that. He just goes on to this fear of being stuck. This fear of thinking God didn't even hear what I prayed. God isn't even listening to what I say. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God has heard your prayer. You're not going to be stuck anymore. And he's going to give them this message from God. He's going to describe what their son's going to look like. Now, I want you to hear this because not only does the angel show up with a message from God and say God's going to fix the problem, the one problem you had, he's, he's going to give you a child. But no, 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 he's going to kind of be like, here's what you were asking for. I'm going to be like, boom, I'm going to bless you like 10 times what you're asking for. And listen to how he describes the baby they're going to have in verse 15. For he, the baby, it would be John the Baptist, he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit of power and power of Elijah, prophet from the Old Testament. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Sure enough, he did that. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. I made a little list in my notes here, just all the things they said were going to be true about their son. Listen to what he said. Because I feel like if I'm, if I'm Zechariah and Elizabeth, like I'm praying at this point, I'm probably praying. If I'm still praying even at this point, I'm probably praying like, God, just give me a baby. I, I don't care who he marries. 
I don't care what he does for a career. I just want to have a baby, Lord. Like, just answer the prayer. Like, any baby will do. And God's like, any baby? I'm giving you the goat. And if you flip to Matthew 11 on your own sometime, Jesus actually said this about John the Baptist. He said he's the greatest of all time. He's the greatest to have ever lived. And here this angel shows up and he says, no, 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 your son's going to be great in God's eyes. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. He's going to turn all kinds of Israelites back to the Lord. He's going to be a preacher, not just a preacher. He's going to be a great preacher, one that causes many to turn to God. He's going to help all kinds of people. He's going to be the one who announces and prepares the way for the Messiah to come. He's going to let everybody know. He's going to have all kinds of power, power like the Old Testament prophet Elijah who could do all kinds of miracles, who could call down fire from heaven. He's going to be that kind of a guy. He's going to cause the dads in Israel to care about their kids again. He's going to convince all kinds of rebellious people to accept God's wisdom. He's going to be great. I know you're praying for a kid, but I'm going to give you like the greatest kid. That was his message, really. I mean, what a message. This isn't just going to be some old, ordinary answer to prayer. It's going to be something extraordinary. Now, I can sum up the angel's message for you. Because God might not give you John the Baptist as a kid. He might not make your son a great preacher or, 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 or help your child be somebody that like brings a lot of people to Jesus. Who knows what your kids are going to be like or your grandkids. Or, but the message is the same. The message that God gives Zechariah and Elizabeth is the same as the message he's giving us today. And here's the message. He says, I got way more for you than you've been asking for. (laughs) It's the same message for us. He's like, I've got way more to give you and to bless you with than you could even ever ask for or imagine. That's the same message. We've been praying our prayers, asking for God's help. And he's like, help? It's like, I can do better than that. I'm going to give you way more than that. That's the message. It, it reminded me this week of uh, when my kids were little. They're still kind of little, but when they were really little. But when my kids were really little, I used to um, do this thing with them. I, I've shared this with our church before, so if you've been here for a long time, I don't want you to think I'm one of those guys that can't remember what stories I've told. I am old, but I'm not that old yet. So I know I've told this before, but I used to get my kids and I'd be like, do you think mommy and daddy love you that much? And they would say no. And then I'd be like, do you think that mommy and daddy love you this much? And they would say no. And then I'd take their little arms. I don't want anybody reporting me for this, by the way. But I'd stretch them out like they're in some kind of medieval torture device as far as I could stretch them till they were like, oh, like stretch. And I'd be like, do you think mommy and daddy love you this much? And they'd say no. And then I'd take my own arms and I'd stretch them out as far as I could reach them. And I'd say, do you think mommy and daddy love you this much? And they'd say, yeah. I was like, yeah, I love you more than you can even stretch your own arms. And I feel like that's God's message to us. You're praying for help. You're praying for blessing. And he's like, I love you way more than you think I love you. You can't even imagine how much good stuff I got planned for you. If you've got kids, you've watched a lot of kids' movies. A few years ago, we watched a movie named, called Tangled. It's kind of a playoff Rapunzel, the old story of Rapunzel. But in the movie Tangled, there's a scene where the, I don't know, kind of evil fake mom. I don't know if you've watched the movie. It's like, oh, fake moms. Okay, so it's like a fake mom. And she sings the song because Rapunzel wants to leave the tower. And they get to the very end of the song and the kind of evil mom says, I love you very much. 
And Rapunzel says back to her, I love you more. And then the evil fake mom says, I love you most. And uh, I started doing that with Sydney a couple years ago. So Sydney and I do that a lot now. And one of us says, I love you. The other one, will, she'll say, I love you. And I'll, say, and I'll say, I love you before she goes to bed at night. And she'll say, I love you more. And I'll say, I love you most. And I feel like what we don't understand about God is that he loves us most. I, I think in this crowd, you know, in a McCreary County crowd, most of the people here, if you ask them, would probably say, like, yeah, God loves me. I think you believe that. I just don't know if you believe God loves you most. And what happens when you don't believe God loves you most is you get scared. You get scared that it's always going to be the way it is now. That he's got nothing better for you in the future. And in this account, Zechariah's only got one job and he kind of fails at it. He had one problem and God had one delay for him and he came with one message, and now Zechariah has this one job. Let me read you kind of how he messes it up in verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. This is good evidence right here. It's not good to talk about how old your wife is. Because then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. You guys remember that from last week? God is with us, right? It is he who sent me to bring you this good news, promises. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent. Maybe this is what the wife was praying for, I don't know. And unable to speak until the child is born, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. I don't know if you can hear it in that text, but it's like through the angel, God is saying like, what are you talking about? I'm with you. I'm the strongest. I've said it. You've got my proximity. You've got my power. You've got my promise. Why are you doubting? Why are you afraid? Why don't you just do your one job? You only have one job, Zechariah. You're not going to increase your health. You're not going to make your wife younger. You're not going to be the answer to this. I'm going to be the answer to this. You only have one responsibility. All you had to do was believe. And he says, since you didn't believe... I'm going to shut you up for a while. Okay. I like that. Sometimes God's got to shut you up. He may not close your mouth so you can't talk. He might just let a big rock fall in your life to knock you in the head and get your attention. Be like, shut up, fool. Can't you see what I'm trying to do? Can't you trust me to have control over everything? Can't you just embrace it inside your heart that I'm with you? Can't you just believe in my proximity and my promises and my power? Don't you know I am? That's it. It's your only job. Just believe. Stop overthinking it. Stop trying to justify and come up with all kinds of excuses why you don't have to obey God's instructions. All the ways you're refusing to believe what he says. If you refuse to believe, he might just do the same thing to you he did to Zechariah. And that'd be awesome. Because sometimes I pray this prayer for the people in our church and my own life. God, do whatever it takes to get our attention. Do whatever it takes to wake us up to your truth. Do whatever it takes to get me to stop disobeying you. Do whatever it takes. And it might hurt. But I want whatever it takes. 
I want you to see how this story ends. I want you to see how Elizabeth and Zechariah both respond. So let me show you Elizabeth first in verse uh, 23. Let's start in verse 23. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. That'd be like a cool thing if we did that. I'd like that. Like you get pregnant, you guys go, you know, to go away for five months. I don't know who pays for all that now, but like, it'd be awesome. We should do that after birth too, where you get to just go away with like your new baby for five months and chill, you know. But um, we don't get to do that, so. And uh, she went away to seclusion for five months. And this is what she said in verse 25. Listen, how kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. I love that. Fast forward nine months down the road. John the Baptist is born. Zechariah is going to get his speech back. Listen to how he responds. Verse 64, that same chapter. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. This is what he said. This is some of what he said. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. Listen to some of what he says about his new baby. Listen. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. He believes. All that changed. What'd they say? Thank you, God, for being so kind. Thank you for taking away my shame. Thank you for being so merciful. Thank you for giving your light to those who are sitting in darkness. Thank you for guiding us to your path of peace. Thank you for rescuing me from all my fears. Thank you. That's really all I've got left to say. See, that's what God's perfect love does. It drives away all your fear. You don't have to worry about how things are going to be in the future or if this is always the way it's going to be. If you really believe that God loves you. If you really believe all that God says is true, if you really believe that God is the most powerful and he is in control of everything, if you really believe that God is there with you, you won't be afraid. You won't be afraid. That love will drive fear away. You get it? If you really believe that God is in proximity to you, if you really believe that God's promises to you are true, if you really believe that God is the most powerful, it'll drive your fear away. So if you're here today and you feel fear, maybe you don't recognize it as fear, maybe you just recognize it as being stuck and convinced that it'll never change. But if that's you today, let me just present this idea to you to kind of walk away with today. You ready? Is it possible you don't believe when God says, I love you most. Is it possible? And that's the source of all your feelings of being stuck, all your fear about the way it's always been, all those anxieties and concerns inside of you about what you really are. Is it possible? You just don't believe when God says, I love you most. And when you do finally believe that, and and I want to challenge you today, you don't have to like walk down an aisle You don't have to have a heart-to-heart with me. I'm no different than you. You don't have to sign anything or fill anything out. Just right now, you and God, 
Just right now, you and God, have a heart to heart. Just tell him, God, I'm sorry. I haven't believed that you love me the most. I've really doubted it. I've really been so concerned with what I want that I don't even think about you got it in control. I don't even think about how powerful you are. I don't even think about how close you want to be to me. I don't even think like that. I just think I'm stuck and I'll always be who I am now. I'm sorry for that. Will you save me? You say you love me most. Will you save me? And he will. And in that moment, you say to God, I'll do anything you say. I'll believe everything you tell me. No more. No more will I be the same me. No more will I reject all the things you say. No more will I try to do it my own way. No more will I doubt your goodness to me. No, from now on, I'll just believe that you love me the most. And when you do that, if you're on the other side of that table, you'll be left just looking back at God, just like Zechariah and Elizabeth, and all you'll have to say is thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you that you love me the most. Thank you that you made a way. Thank you that you chose to bless me way more than I was even asking for or imagining. Thank you for being so good and for loving me so well. Thank you, God. It's, it's not a lot. It's just all I got. It's all I've got. Thank you, God. Let me pray for you guys. Dear Heavenly Father, just kind of bless the people in our room right now. Give them the courage to respond in faith, God, not to respond in fear, not to respond out of pressure, not to feel guilty or convicted by me, not to feel like they're putting on a show for somebody in their family, but God, just to have a heart-to-heart with you, just to get honest with you and be like, yeah, all these years I felt stuck in the same messed up patterns of behavior I've always been in. All these years I've been convinced I'll never be good enough. I'll never be the person I really want to be. I've convinced myself that you don't even hear what I'm saying. God, today would you just bless them with the faith to know that you're right here in the room with them, that you've made some promises for them, that you're in complete control and all-powerful over everything. And would you give them the courage to just say back to you, will you save me, God, because you love me the most? And because you love me the most, I'll surrender everything I am to you. God, in that moment, will you just Show them the beauty of being overwhelmed by your love. Show them the beauty of having fear driven out of their life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening in on the Three Strands podcast. If you've never visited us in person, we'd love to meet you face to face. We gather every Sunday, 11 a.m. at the McCreary County Park Building. We hope to see you soon.